members of the OG army get those wallets unfolded. Coming up next on the other ground live stage, prepare for an eargasm by Passive J and Big Dalton. Good afternoon, and welcome to yet another edition of Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J. That's Big Dalton over there. Uh, say hi, Ryan. It is Monday, June 8th, and today I finally had the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Oh, my. Well, there's going to be a half hour, hour of our show right there, so that's good to hear. <laughs> uh, I see the OG armies forming up in the chat box. It's always good to see you guys here. Uh, how'd your day go, Ryan? No, not too bad. Kind of a long day, uh, normal kind of work day. But as I said, I, I had the Popeye spicy chicken sandwich, so I've I've now experienced that. Nice. And how was it? Yeah, it's a pretty good chicken sandwich. I, you know, uh, that's about it. Better than Chick Fil A. Is... Like Chick Fil A is like a white person chicken sandwich. Is it a Popeye spicy chicken a sandwich or just a regular one? No, it's a spicy chicken. It's not like overly spicy. But like, yeah, it's just a good chicken sandwich. I don't know why people are freaking out about it, but like, yeah, it was good. Ah, uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't tried it. All the uh, Popeyes uh, chicken around here are, are in the bad parts of town, and I'm haven't been motivated to go, certainly go sit in line to get one. Although I imagine that is a thing that isn't a thing anymore. Yeah, that's why I just Uber eats the some bitch. Oh, good call. Good call. <laughs> Oh, geez, the dogs again. I'm sorry, folks. Apparently, there's somebody walking by or a squirrel in the road or, you know, a deer farted two houses over something. <laughs> See, this is what uh, you get, everybody. Yep. Like, you get this whole Jay not being very professional, not wanting yep. to spend $5,000 on a whisper room for a free <laughs> podcast that we're, we're losing money on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Damn. Yeah, I know. I, I'm just not committed, apparently. Uh, oh, speaking of commitment, this is our 80th day in a row. Uh, so it's kind of our 80th episode. As far as the episode numbers go, we're on like uh, 75 or 76. I'll have to check. But including the fight companions, this will be uh, uh, 80 days in a row that we've done the show. Well, holy shit. That's like almost three months. Yeah, working on it. Yeah, it's getting pretty close. So uh, that's that's a thing, I guess. <laughs> You got anything you want to talk about before I delve into my amazing topics? Well, did you see about the uh, Canadian that washed up in the Detroit River with like 235 pounds of weed? Oh, my. Uh, no, I have not seen that. Uh, I Apparently, I've only been checking the national news and not the local, uh, so I missed that little tidbit. Uh, I'm assuming from the way you said he's the gentleman was not alive anymore. No, he was. He was found unconscious. Oh, but he wasn't uh, dead, but yeah, like 200 and I think they said 235 pounds or something like that. Washed up Canadian and, fucking drug smugglers <laughs> washed up as it like he tried to swim across it with all the stuff on him or like, in a boat. I mean, uh, what's the details on that? I, yeah, I don't know if he was swimming or like, or if he had a boat or something that ended up like capsizing. I don't know what exactly happened, but he was in the river and he had like strapped to him with like a toe strap kind of thing. Like, uh, yeah, almost, almost 250 pounds of weed. Wow. It might have been him trying to be sneaky. Like, yeah, you know, they might have got the boat to the middle of the river and then, like, have him jump off and swim stealthily in the night. Because uh, it is possible to swim the Detroit River. It's a big river with a pretty strong current. But, uh, like, uh, it's been done before. I don't recommend it. <laughs> if nothing else, I mean, it, it is a river that's deep enough that, you know, freighters go by, like the international, like, ocean freighters. So it's uh, not a small body of water and not one that you want to play around with, but it's been done like dozens and dozens of times, if not hundreds. Uh, it's not, it's, it's just uh, something that a normal person wouldn't want to try. But if you're like a professional swimmer or something like that, I imagine it's probably not a good uh, uh, idea as it turned out in this case. This sounds like a try hard thing to me. Like it's Detroit. It's not like you guys really have like laws and shit like that there. <laughs> well, no, Detroit doesn't. Be like, hey, I only have 250 pounds. It's fine. <laughs> no, Detroit might be a little on the lawless side. However, the, the federal government, who's in control of the border, is a lot more strict on those things, as it turns out. Um, 
he is going to be in a shitload of trouble. I mean, way more trouble than if he got caught, like moving 250 pounds, like from state to state or something like that. Moving over the border is a completely different category of uh, fucked up. So I'm sure he's going to have a fun time ahead of him. Those goddamn snow Mexicans, I tell you what. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got anything else? Uh, the other thing, and this comes from the, the file of why weren't you doing it this in the first place, you fucking idiots. San Francisco <laughs> is going to put in um, a new hiring process for its police force, and they're going oh, no. to stop hiring people with a history of complaints. Well, you know, that just seems like a good idea. And once and I believe you're right, it's you think that'd be something that they would be doing in the first place. Um, I don't know. Uh, but probably, I mean, I was going to say what prompted this, uh, but obviously, I know. I'm sorry, I'm typing at the same time. prompted it, but like still, they they looked at it and they were like, oh, we have several people on our police force that came from other places that have a long history of disciplinary issues. Right, like, yeah. And I, how did that not come up? <laughs> is it that hard to find police officers that you're like, oh, we either don't fill the position or we fill it with this asshole who has a history of dis 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 a history of bad things. <laughs> disciplinary. Thank you, disciplinary. Uh, so, I, which I believe is probably the case in certain things. Yeah, obviously, I'm if they sure had two can, like, really, like, it, you have to have some sort of quality control. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's that, like if, uh, I'm, if I'm hiring somebody to do my taxes, like I don't call around and the guy that has, you know, like several like fraud and money laundering charges, like I probably don't go to that guy. <laughs> or maybe you do go to that guy because he's really, really no, good. Go, no, you go to the one that doesn't get caught. Right. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, I don't know. Let's see. I have a couple things. Uh, did you see that the UFC uh, 250 payouts are out? No, I did not. Yeah, um, I should. Well, you know what I should start doing is just leaving these windows open. Cause, you know, it's not like you're having 50 or 60 different windows open. Let's see, 250 payouts. Yeah, goddamn, if you're gonna bring it up as a topic, yeah, you should have the actual payouts like handy. Yeah, you're right. I think I think you are correct. Uh, let's see, MMA Junkie has them. Uh, and there's someone, it's some unusual things. And there is only one that one reason I brought it up because one of the person's pays, uh, and it's a lot of it went how you expected a man in a new is, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about their win bonuses. Cause that's a, an iffy thing. Um, except for, uh, well, actually, I guess I should, cause some of them aren't set up the normal way. Uh, like Nunez, uh, made $500,000, which included a $150,000 win bonus, which means she had a weird setup. So a 350 to show and 150 to win, uh, against Felicia Spencer, who made 125000 for that. Uh, I'm surprised she got paid that much, to be honest with you. I wonder uh, if that's like a... I wonder if they're just giving that like as a deal for title shots. Like, I wonder if everybody's getting that. Oh, like a championship bonus? A right. Oh, is, always, is that a... I haven't been paying attention. Is that a figure you see, you see a lot in those situations, you think? I don't remember offhand, but it would make sense to me because otherwise Felicia Spencer is not worth 125 grand. Right. That's surprised the fuck out of me. Uh, Sterling made, uh, uh, was his pay rate was 76,000, you know, so he made 152 since he won, which surprised me. He was getting paid less than Sanhagen, who was uh, at 80,000. That's one of those things. Like, I think Sanhagen just came on on the right time. Mm. Where he's been undefeated, he just got like I'm sure he's just starting his second contract. Where Sterling's been around for a while, he's probably closer to the end of an agreement. Right, right, right. It, it's a hard thing to know if you don't know like how many fights they have left on a deal and how many fights they're into a deal. Right, right. Uh, Cody made uh, uh, was one at one thirty uh, show one thirty win. Uh, and Raphael was only at 79, but that's not that surprising. Cody, even though he hasn't fought for a couple of years, is a bigger name. Um, bigger name, Matt, former champion, probably signed like a seven or eight fight deal as champion. So, right, right. Still probably uh, on that pay scale. Okay, and moving further down the card, the pay rates are still decent. Uh, uh, Magni was at 79,000 to win, you know, show to show 78,000 to win, and Martin was at 48,000. Um, and this is where I'm a little bit surprised. O'Malley was at 40,000 uh, to show 40,000 to win uh, and fought Wineland, who was at 46,000. 
I thought he'd be making a lot less, uh, considering how much he was complaining about his contract. 40's not a lot. No, no, but he's, he's still pretty on, on, well, on, uh, uh, not known that well. I mean, if you, you can start hopping down, if we, uh, if we hop down a couple spaces, there's people that are way better known than him that are making less. I mean, like Wineland should be definitely be making more than 6,000 more than the dude. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're all not making what they should. No. Yeah, I agree. But you know, com- comparatively speaking, uh, let's see, uh, Alex, our boy, uh, a kid, uh, Bruce Leroy was at 58,000. So he ended up at 116 and Chase Hooper was at 27,000. So Chase Hooper and Sean, o- Sean O'Malley were at a similar level of prospectness. So uh, already he's uh, ahead of the curve, I would think. Eh, I don't necessarily know if I'd put them anywhere near each other on like a prospect level. You don't think so? Hooper, who is like, he's the youngest guy on the roster. Like, yeah, he was decent on the contender series, but he didn't even get a contract directly from that. He had to go Mm. do a developmental thing where he rattled off like two or three wins, you know, elsewhere. He wasn't ready for the big time, whereas O'Malley came straight from the contender series into a UFC fight. Uh, I see what you're saying. And then it just goes downhill from there. And there's no really other notable ones. Uh, So, and once again, uh, uh, I believe that uh, McGregor's one paycheck would pay for that entire payroll of that card. Yeah, I told you yesterday that like more than likely one McGregor fight is more than that entire card. So there's a reason they're slow rolling him and not giving him fights he wants. Right. Oh, by the way, you sound much better. Uh, you turn it up a little bit. We're firing on all cylinders now. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Oh, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, did you know that they're coming out with uh, new Looney Tunes cartoons? No, I don't really care at all. Well, <laughs> like, they're not going to be anything like the old ones. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you like, are why correct, bring sir. it back? Yeah, and it's interesting how they how they post it. It's going to be on Disney Plus. Apparently, already is on Disney Plus. Uh, a Looney Tune, new Looney Tune cartoons. But what uh, struck my interest is there was an article about how Elmo Fudd will not use a gun in the Looney Tunes cartoons. Um, the, the, yeah, the and exact- I'm sure Bugs Bunny won't cut Florida off of the U.S. either. Like, oh God! <laughs> well, the exact like, it's just not going to be the same. Right now, the executive producer said we're not doing guns because of, you know, the gun violence, but we can do cartoony violence like uh, TNT, the Acme stuff, all that kind of stuff is kind of grandfathered in. And then they released a a clip of that featured Elmer using a a scythe to try to catch bugs instead of a a rifle. So, so you can't have fucking guns, but you can have goddamn explosives. Yep. Apparently so. Remember about the fucking World Trade Center bombings before the uh, before they came toppling down or the Oklahoma City bombings. Bombs are a big fucking deal. Fuck you, Disney. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, I'm saying bring back the fucking gun. He's a hunter. That's the cartoon. Yeah, I know. I I mean, if you're going to have the cartoony violence, just I don't know. I, I they're tr- they're trying to be politically uh, correct and all that good stuff. Uh, I just think it's silly if you're if you can't do it the right way, don't do it. Uh, and I, w- what I'm saying in that is you you go ahead and have Looney Tunes cartoons, but if you don't want to portray guns, don't have any Elmer Fudd episodes. It's that simple. Are they gonna have the super rapey fucking uh, skunk? Oh, Pepe Le Pew. Oh, 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 oh my Shari. <laughs> Uh, that, yeah, that was that was always awkward. I remember I remember feeling awkward when I was watching that as a kid. Man, I wasn't even quite sure what was going on. Fucking people, I swear. <laughs> I don't know. It might be awesome, but probably not. Uh, I'm, I'm no, not gonna it's, watch it. It's absolute awesome. shit. I can tell you before it even starts. Right. I, things <laughs> just drop off a fucking cliff when they try to bring it back. Richard Gere's uh, missing gerbil said he's going to hand out consent forms. <laughs> oh, Jesus. If, if yeah. that happens, yeah, like they just need to burn it down. Right, right. Oh, back on the UFC thing, I went to mention this while we were talking about uh, the payouts. Uh, I read today that, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to fuck up his name. Mastival? Mastival? Jorge Masvidal? Masvidal, Masvidal, thank you. You know, I said uh, he was on a, uh, had only got one fight done out of an eight-fight contract. Yep. Turns out Bones Jones was in the exact situation. He, he, his first, his last fight was the first fight of an eight-fight contract. Yeah, which, I mean, it might make sense, but like, 
So for Jones, I kind of see like he, I can see both of them. Like number one, Bones, like if he's going to fight heavyweight, yeah, like that, there should probably be a different agreement there. So that fight versus Nganu was is kind of a different thing. But I feel for fucking Masvidal as well because like, uh, so Errol Hawani was a guest on Pat McAfee's show this morning and he was talking about it. And apparently the numbers he heard is fucking Masvidal is getting offered literally half of what he got to fight Diaz to actually fight for the title against Usman. Yeah, that's fucked up. Um, but my only issue with it is they're so early into their contract. It's not like their popularity or the situation has changed drastically since one fight ago. It's like, dude, this, this contract was perfectly fine. You read the contract. You knew what you're going to get paid for your next fight and you signed it. Now, after one fight, you don't think it's cool anymore. I can see when like they fight, they signed like an eight fight contract and they're four fights into it. And they've won all four of their fights and their popularity is shot through the roof and they're, you know, they're making tons of money for UFC. And yeah, that's like probably a good uh, time to neg- renegotiate, but you're one fight into it. It hasn't been, nothing's changed. Why did you fucking sign it? If you didn't like it. So here's the problem, though. It seems for, like, all of these top-level guys that these payouts are just varying wildly from fight to fight. So I don't necessarily know if they're really going by the contract that often. Hmm. So so basically... It seems there might be a number there, but there's a a wink-wink of, no, like, you're really going to be getting around this. Oh, you're talking about locker room agreements and things like that. Um, and that's entirely possible, but I, I guess when that doesn't happen, that's when the uh, fighter feels tricked, so to speak. Like uh, he thought he was going to make way more because that's probably what happened on, with the um, the DS fight was the DS fight was the first fight on a new contract. So I, I like as we spoke about the the other day, I assume it was like his contract says he makes a hundred thousand a fight. But they offered him two hundred thousand for the bad motherfucker t- title, uh, which so he you know he won it and he probably got a uh, a win bonus too. So he probably made like four hundred thousand dollars on that fight. And then but the, then the next fight in his contract is his normal pay rate because it's not like this special fight, which is like a hundred thousand. So which, which uh, is, he probably which thought, is hilarious because it, yeah. it is absolutely a special fight. It's a goddamn title fight. Right, right, right. But they didn't classify it as such. Uh, obviously, his contract doesn't say anything about it. I, I, and I assume a lot of cases is the agents and their managers not explaining these contracts uh, thoroughly enough to the fighters. Because um, obviously, it's all in the contract. What's that this is going to happen and all that good stuff. Um, so I think a lot of these fighters, if they realize how it was set up, would probably uh, not sign it in the first place or renegotiate for different things. Uh, but as you mentioned before, the UFC has a lot of power in that direction, so there's a lot of times not much they can do. Yeah, it seems real fucking screwy, and especially right now where you're seeing top level guys like just willing to walk the fuck away. Like, yeah, the last yeah. time this really happened over money was fucking Randy Couture before yeah. he ended up giving a bunch of money to fight Brock, and then Brock killed a guy. Right, and then I think he was, did. Did uh, Couture even fight after that again? In the UFC, yeah, he had a couple yeah. more. I had a couple more fights. Like one was the Machida fight that he got kicked right in the fucking face. Oh like, yeah, God, that was sad. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. It's like you have Jones coming out freaking out about pay. You got Masvidal freaking out about pay. You got Cejudo that retired just to be able to fucking negotiate better. Like there's. There's a lot of shit going on here that just, it seems really fishy that everyone is picking now to complain about money. And it just so happens to coincide when they're throwing fucking cards out there on pay-per-view where it's not even totaling up to a million dollars. Right. And I think, I was like, I need a sip of water. I think a lot of the, the reason it's piling on is because uh, one fighter does it. And even though it hasn't actually uh, got him the positive result that he uh, wants yet, uh, other fighters see, uh, see that and say, Oh, that's a good idea. Just like anything else. Uh, uh, ideas can uh, gain momentum. Uh, so like one person says it, and then now, now two people and now three or four. And so that doesn't surprise me. Uh, what the problem is, it's really poor timing. They should have done this shit a year ago when the when the USC was doing gangbusters. It's the exact wrong time to do it now. 
because right now, even if Dana was willing to compromise and give them more money, as we've mentioned, there probably isn't the money to give. I don't know. This is actually probably one of the best times to do it because you do kind of have UFC over a barrel where they're trying to scramble to make all these goddamn cards. This is the time for all the fighters to sit down and say, no, we're not going to do this shit until we actually get a a serviceable percentage of the revenue split. Um, No, and I agree with you. You can't be at that 12 to 18% and have every other sport near 50. Like you can't just stay there. And the problem with the UFC over time is like, you've always had these guys that are just dying to get their shot. So they'll just walk in and basically fight for nothing. Like this has to be the time that the guys on top start foregoing these, you know, $5 million fights and say, no, until this shit changes, we're not going to do it. The next tier down has to be willing to, you know, bite their tongue as well and be like, no, I'm not going to just jump into this title shot for, for fucking crumbs. And it just has to, it has to follow its way down the card. The problem is, is everyone's out for themselves and you can't get a united voice. No, exactly. And, uh, because as you mentioned, there's so many people waiting for their shot um, because the because of the popularity of MMA over the last 15 or 20 years, it has produced tons and tons and tons of people that train at least semi-professionally all the time. So while the skill level will obviously go down if uh, if, you know, all these people, all of the current UFC fighters, you know, basically go on strike, they will have no problem at all getting scab fighters to fill their slots. They will, but at what point do people stop paying for pay-per-views and stop selling out arenas because you right. end up with a fight like Jessica I versus uh, Cynthia Calvillo headlining a card? Right, right, and that, they're still, and they're still even what I would consider the elite class of fighters. Uh, probably not a fun fight to watch, but if they, let's say they join everybody else, and then all of a sudden you're. Uh, Main event is some twenty-five-year-old uh, soccer mom who's trained for four years against a you know, against a thirty-year-old Asian lady who doesn't actually train MMA but has been doing kickboxing for twenty-five years. So and so that's your main event. So uh, so so you are right. If they do pr- present a unified front, eventually they will get results. Uh, but it's basically who's going to blink first. Well, yeah, and the, the fighters just need to get together. Like, they're already getting fucked by being called independent contractors. Yeah. Like, think about it this way. Like, yeah, if tomorrow I hire somebody to, you know, shingle my house this weekend, I can't tell them what they need to wear when they get there. I can't tell them that they can't perform any other work or anyone else before or after they finish my roof. Like, you can't dictate these things. They become employees. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's been one of my issues with the UFC for the longest time. Uh, that's not how independent contractors work. They're either employees or they're independent contractors. You can't, like you said, you know, give them all these rules. And, well, I guess obviously they can and, and did, but it's morally not right. You should either treat them as employees, in which case you need to give them benefits and health insurance and all that good stuff. And I do realize that they get a little bit of health insurance while they're active, at least for stuff that happens to them training or um, in fights, but not nearly enough. And and things like uh, pensions and like retirement funds. Or yeah, none, of that, none of that uh, exists. Like yeah. it, If you look at like the federal regulations of what, considers someone an employee versus an independent contractor. These people are clearly employees. The problem is, is again, it's so fractured that everybody's just fighting for, you know, those, those few scraps that they won't get together and fucking push it. Right. Right. Cause obviously if they were independent contractors, well then they could just tell the UFC to shove it and go fight for Bellator this week, then come back to the UFC next week and fight for them. And then the week after this, they might run over to, uh, go over to Asia and uh, use fight in one of the organizations there. That's what a truly independent contractor would be able to do. Yeah, like right now, Connor would be able to say, oh, you can't provide me a fight? Okay, well, I'm just going to contract an arena here in fucking Ireland and fight someone for $100 million. Right, yeah, exactly. He goes, I'm, you know, I'm, he's going to be his own promoter. He, he always wanted to be. Uh, 
So speaking of Connor, do you think he's re- actually retired or is it just no- another one of his uh, bullshit uh, marketing tactics? No, I think he's just pissed off that, that he can't get a fight. Like he's finally to the point that he's doing like all of the right things. Like after a complete shit year of punching old men in fucking bars and doing crazy shit and getting arrested, like after his fight with Cowboy, he's like year maybe twice if you can fit it in before the end of the year and that's bullshit right yeah like that's not what he set out to do that's not what the ufc set out to do when he, right after that cowboy fight like right now i think what they're doing is they're just fucking keeping him on ice they don't want to have to fucking pay him yeah because yeah, there's exactly. no live gate to offset it and it's, yeah, it's bullshit about that really what it too. is yeah that's not fair it's not fair at all um like and and i don't like connor either i i have him about number 25 on the all-time list and people <laughs> want to argue me argue with me about that i could i will argue that all fucking day long only fighter ever to think he can can be think he can be considered an all-time great who's never even attempted to defend a title yeah but yeah we talked about that before too <laughs> in this situation he's goddamn right yep 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 all right, let's see. What else do we got today? Uh, well, in the God-fucked-up sad news, uh, I hate bringing these type, type of stories up, but I wanted to talk about it for a couple of different reasons. Uh, here in Michigan, a, a, a three-year-old boy was seriously injured uh, in a lawnmower accident, uh, and, her, and his mom lost some fingers. Uh, apparently, the grandpa had been mowing the lawn. When he began to pull the mower in reverse, uh, the mother saw the son go under the running mower and grabbed him. Uh, and pulled him free, but uh, she lost a couple fingers, and he suffered some pretty serious wounds on his leg and buttocks. Um, and God, okay, so many different things to unpack on that one. How does that happen? Uh, from what I understand, you know, it's a pull mower, like a push mower, so it's not like it was like a running, a riding lawnmower or something like that. Uh, I'm using my imagination. They said he was pulling it backwards, so maybe like he turned away from the mower, so he was walking and dragging it behind him with him looking in the opposite direction of the mower. But even that being the case, how do you pull it over a three-year-old boy without noticing? I don't know. Like, who was supervising the three-year-old when the grandfather was out there mowing the yard? Yeah, well, the mother was there, was apparently in the yard as well, because noticed that the boy was going underneath the mower. But seriously, uh, like, is it, maybe it's one of those motorized push mowers or something like that, but... I would notice a whole bunch of reasons because it's not like a, a, a three-year-old is like a little bump or something. Even if he was laying on the ground, you'd, you know, you'd feel the wheel start to come up before the blades hit him. I, I can't imagine a situation where that happens, actually. Like, honestly, it sounds like a lot of stupidity in one place. Yeah. Like, that family sounds like a, a nominee for the Darwin Award. Like, it is what it is. Yeah, it's absolutely shitty that it happened, but... Sounds like everybody was a fuck up. Yeah, and it reminds me of that situation with that grandpa with the Carnival cruise ship thing. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. Okay, uh, there. this is a story from about a year ago, and it's been ongoing since then. Uh, on a Carnival cruise ship, a uh, grandpa uh, picked up a kid to like sh- uh, and, and put him on the edge of a window, and he fell through and died. It, it was like it was docked, and like he fell like, a whole bunch very far and landed on the dock and was killed. Um, 
And then there is a lot of back and forth between the cruise line and the grandpa about who is at fault. Witnesses said that the um, grandpa was like dangling the uh, kid out the window, you know, like, hey, and, and dropped him. Uh, the grandpa claimed that he thought that the window was closed uh, and that he just brought his, his kid or the grand, the grandson over so that he could look out and, and you know, bang on the window or, or some shit like that. Uh, people have pointed out that the windows are like green shaded. So like uh, an open window would look completely different than a, <laughs> uh, a closed window. But that was the story the grandpa was going with. And it dragged down for quite a while before the family just decided that the grandpa was going to uh, change his plea to guilty. Because for the longest time, they were trying to blame it 100% on the uh, cruise line. They said, you know, those windows shouldn't be that close to a play area. They were, you know, and uh, yeah, and it's their fault that the window was open in the first place and this, that, and the other, even though they thought it was closed. And it was just fucked up, you know. And at first, I felt for the grandpa really, really bad because obviously it's a hell of a thing they have to go through. Uh, but when they started to try to blame the cruise line for it, then I just just decided they're pieces of shit. Yeah, the thing is, like, you have to take some personal responsibility. Don't be a fucking idiot. Don't do stupid things. Like, God damn. They're really yeah, that it, hard. Yeah, really you that know, hard I, not to fucking hang a kid outside of a fucking window. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, come on, dude, that's that's amateur hour stuff. You should have learned that when you were a, a father way before you got to grandfather status. You know, how did your kid make it through life? Apparently you make bad decisions on the regular. Um, but on the other hand, he do you know he's gotta feel horrible and he will for the rest of his life. And I'm assuming they're probably not gonna give him much of a sentence, if anything, because really what's the point in that? He, it was you know, it was an accident. Um other than the fact that I don't like the fact that uh, he tried to blame it on the cruise lines and stuff. Um, I don't really want the dude to get punished anymore. He's, he's, I'm sure what he's going through is probably punishment enough. Yeah. Nobody wants to take responsibility for anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry to be, bring a couple downers to the, uh, podcast. Uh, but I, it was just something I noticed to talk about. Uh, let's move on to something a little bit, uh, more of a good natured, uh, but it is topical. Once again, uh, apparently the director of the last fantastic four regrets not quitting after the Fox movie studios refused to let him cast a black Sue storm. Hey, he probably should have just quit when he found out that it was a fucking non Marvel studios, Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, he would quit while he was ahead. Uh, and this is one of those things I, I, for one thing, who knows it's even true or if he's just virtue signaling now to get attention. Uh, but I hate this kind of stuff. You know, I'm all for racial equality, but I see no reason to change actual um, fictional roles just to uh, make them more these, you know, more inclusive or yeah, and their cast more diverse. Uh, Sue Storm is, you know, a, a blonde haired lady. Uh, that's what she's always been this blonde haired white chick that's in every in every single comic. Why would you want to change her to a black chick? It just doesn't make any sense to me. There's no reason to do it. Uh, there's thankfully, uh, at least in the last 10 or 15 or 20 years, uh, there's been many more black superheroes out than there used to be. Uh, so and I'd love to see more movies about that. Like uh, Black Panther uh, was not my favorite Marvel movie, but you know it was a good one. And there, there's a case of them uh, using like a black person in a role where he should be. Black Panther's a black dude. Um, Luke Cage, he's a black dude. Can you imagine what would happen if they decided to make a new Luke Cage uh, um, movie or TV series and used a white guy instead? It'd be fine if they used me. <laughs> well, we know you're mostly black anyways. <laughs> In all the uh, ways that matter. Right, right. So, I mean, what do you think about that? People, them using, changing the uh, ethnicity of uh, previously um, cast uh, characters? I really don't care. It's their fucking movie. Like, if they want to... Whatever, do it. If it turns out to be a good movie, great. If it doesn't, you just made a poor fucking decision and you're not going to get hired next time. Deal with it. Right. And, and in the grand scheme of things, I don't care either, it, you know, as, as far as that goes. Uh, it just struck me as an odd way to go about trying to make racial equality. Um, to me, it'd be, hey, make more actual characters of uh, black descent. You know, uh, make something cool. You don't, you don't need to take someone else's stuff. Uh, black people are cool on their own. Uh, but yeah, it, I've, got, mentioned I've got far, far more important things to worry about. Yeah, like, like giving I said, Elmer Fudd his fucking gun back. 
<laughs> Maybe I should get an Elmer Fudd tattoo, like like, and have him have like two or three guns just to fucking balance it out a little bit, huh? Yeah, probably not. Yeah, but like as you mentioned, in the long run, it's not it's it's not a huge deal, and it happens all the time. Uh, like, look at Aquaman. Aquaman's a uh, blonde-haired white guy, and they recast him as whatever the hell Jason Momoa is, and not a single person complained about that one. <laughs> well, not a single person actually watched that god awful movie. I don't know. I saw it, uh, and it was. So you're right. It was. One. It was bad. It was bad. It had some cool scenes in it, uh, like the. Uh, I, I was going to tell it to you. You've probably never seen any of it at all, huh? No, I do not watch garbage DC movies. As far as a DC movies DC movie went, it, it's better than anything except for probably the Wonder Woman movie. Uh, maybe Shazam. Shazam wasn't bad, although I didn't like the character for a good portion of the movie. Uh, but there's a scene where uh, Aquaman breaks into a sub and you know and starts uh, beating the fuck out of people. That is pretty well done. I enjoyed that sequence quite a bit. It uh, it showed Aquaman to be a badass way more than any car- any cartoon or comic book has. That's like you saying you were eating a log of shit and there happened to be a peanut in there that didn't taste too bad. That's but probably you a pretty to good eat the log of shit. That's probably a pretty good analogy. Uh, well, for one thing, my wife was enjoying the movie. She has a lot lower standards than I do when it comes to like entertainment. Well, obviously, she married you. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, there's there's good pieces in all bad movies, like the Justice, you know, the um, um, the Justice League movie and the Batman versus Superman movie in general were, were bad, but there was cool parts in both of those. Uh, yeah, for when example, they were over. Oh, come on. Like the scene where Batman breaks into the uh, warehouse to save Superman's uh, mom. That was a pretty fucking cool scene. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I didn't watch that pile of steaming garbage. See? Well, how do you know if it's steaming garbage if you haven't actually smelled it yet? It was a DC movie. (laughs) There are a ranking to DC movies. None of them are amazing, but some of them are worth watching. Uh, like you know, the uh, Superman movie, uh, Man of Steel, wasn't too bad. Uh, I it had some stupid fucking parts into it, like uh, fucking uh, Superman's dad being willing to be killed by a tornado rather than have Superman reveal that he has superpowers. Uh, that was pretty stupid. Uh, but it had, it had good parts to it as well. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just not going to eat yellow snow ever, even though there's that highly <laughs> unlikely possibility that maybe it is just a lemon snow cone. <laughs> shit all right well well we i'm closing in on what my uh fucking topics were i only got like one more so let's we'll have we'll have to drag this last one out for quite a while <laughs> um, God damn it jay do better i didn't hey there you know what the, my problem is that i'm having is that i actually um talk out a lot of the talking points on my uh notepad so when i look at it it looks like i have lots of shit to talk about but really it's like three topics (laughs) um do you know who let's see what's his name on here where is he do you know who hartley sawyer is i'm gonna guess no no earthly idea oh um and i've been trying to find the really salacious ones that i could that uh, i saw um on one article apparently the dude he he was fired from cw's the flash uh after racist sexist and just stupid fucking remarks uh, back from 2014 and some of these, but the thing is normally I'm very much against people, uh, getting fired for things they said like five or 10 years ago on Twitter. Cause people says people say stupid shit all the time, but some of the stupid shit he said was pretty over the top. Um, and I'm trying to find some of the better ones, but most of these articles will not actually show it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, damn it, I saw one a while ago. And I'm trying to find uh, that particular one. Let's see. Did you, oh, okay, here you go. Here's one that has a whole bunch. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. I date rape myself so I don't have to masturbate. Uh, let's see. I think I could work at a tit factory and be pretty happy. That one's not too bad. Enjoyed a secret boob view at an audition today. That one's probably not a good idea. As a lad, one of my favorite activities was kidnapping homeless women and cutting off their breasts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that might have been a little over the top. Uh, oh, I like all, all the stuff like uh, the only thing that keeps me from doing mildly racist twe- tweets is the knowledge that Al Sharpton would never stop complaining about me. And last but not least, if I had a wife, I would beat the hell out of her tonight. LOL. Um, 
Yeah, Do you think that's enough? This is a guy that no, this is a guy that thinks he's funny that absolutely is not. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. Like this guy probably isn't like super racist or that much of an asshole. Like this guy's trying to do the edgy thing that like someone like Ari Shafir does. Right. Only he does it successfully like 60% of the time where this guy was like, Oh, for eight. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure there's other ones that I saw a couple ones uh, that I couldn't track down as well. And they are all of the same bent. Uh, I would assume the guy has just got a poor sense of humor and is trying to be funny, but it cost him his job. Um, he wasn't a major character, but he was ahead of recurring role as, uh, elongated man on the flash so so once again someone doing something stupid and having it come back to catch him and bite him in the ass years and years and years later and you didn't go and audition to to take his place i mean you're already <laughs> 14 foot tall i know I, I would save them so much on special effects uh it's funny someone uh, i can't remember who on the og we were talking about something or another he said over and over and over again i should go to hollywood that they're 100% looking for people like you at, in Hollywood. Yeah, the problem would be is like the only work you could really get is as an extra. Yeah. The second they had to do 718 takes because you can't say a simple <laughs> word. Like they'd be like, no, fuck it, we're done. Yeah, I'd be getting a lot of non-speaking roles, I imagine. Yeah, you would get like, you could be, you could be Groot. Only you yeah. wouldn't actually do the voice. You're just walking around in like the, the green screen stuff. <laughs> you know, and it's funny. Um, I think part of it is stress because obviously I don't think I slur my words and sound this horrible in normal day-to-day conversation. Uh, the part of me is ultra aware that people are listening to me and that makes it a little bit harder for me to do it, I think. So uh, being in like a movie or a TV show would probably be like a hundred times worse. I don't think I'd yeah, be able to do I, it at all. I guess that's just what I don't get. Like, don't tell the chat what I'm saying right now, but not a goddamn one of these people matter at all. <laughs> I know. That download I download this shit. They don't matter at all either. Like, yeah. you have nothing to be stressed or worried about. Yeah, I know. I, I want the, I want the show to do well. I want it to get better. So I'm always trying to and, and get more popular. So I'm always trying to put out the br- best product that I can. So I'm very, always very self-aware of, of what I'm doing. And you're right. It would be a better show if I just let it go and not worried about if we're ever going to have a, a successful show or just have a fun show, which is what we started off doing in the first place. We just had enough initial success that it made me believe that we could actually go someplace with this show. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I try to do my best job and probably you think overthink it way too much. Well, that's the thing. Like the way that you're going to do your best is being relaxed and natural. Like something you should think about doing and it goes completely against every grain in your body is go out and do like some some improv lessons or do some like public speaking like workshop or something like that. Anything that gets you out in front of people that you have never met and therefore would probably stress you the fuck out and get used to just yapping. Like I've been up in front of 5000 people and not have prepared shit and just rolled with it because Again, it just really doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, you're right. And I I did take a, a couple of voiceover classes uh, the year before last. Um, unfortunately, I, I took them way too soon. And uh, they were like after my work uh, classes. And I was getting home at like 10 or 11. I think the classes were at like 9, nine to 10 or something like that. And that was ended up being way too late. And, and with my being recently recovered from the whole cancer thing, I couldn't do it. Uh, one uh, one night after the the uh, third class, I almost fell asleep driving home, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's this is just a bad idea." Uh, it's something I'd like to look into again uh, now that I'm uh, more able to handle it, so to speak. Uh, but I only took like two or three classes, and it was your as you mentioned, it is. Uh, I did get easier doing it by the second or third second or third class because we would go in and. Uh, they, I go in and they give you the scripts that we'd be working on that day. They talk it over. Uh, the voiceover coach would explain what styles he thought we should use, and you know, they, he went over the basics of like the five or six different speaking methods and all that good stuff. And it was interesting. Uh, it was not really the class for me because compared to everybody else, I had way more experience. I've already did like commercials and got paid for them and shit like this. And this is just a whole bunch of people that decided they wanted to be voiceover artists. None of them had any experience or anything like that. 
Uh, so I probably should have been in the next level of voiceover class. And if I go back, that's probably the one I'll go with. Uh, but it was interesting. Uh, people, lots of people will try to be voiceover artists that speak way, way worse than I do. So that is one of the things that should give me more self-confidence because out of the 15 people in that class, only like three of them should have been really there. Well, that's the thing. Like it is a very common thing for people to get super stressed or like just completely fearful of speaking in front of people, like being judged on their ability to communicate. Like I've had several employees over the years that have had that. And I have taken them to like different like speech, you know, classes and things like that. Just things to get them out there in front of people in environments where they learn like literally who gives a shit. And I think that's one thing there was a God, what was it? I think it was a credit conference several years ago that they uh, flew a bunch of us in the industry out to Chicago and we all got to work with uh, the Second City Saints, I think they're called. Mm. Yeah, and like that was a big group. thing for them is they're just like, yeah, like we do flat out improv, which means that we are all like when we first start scared shitless of it because we have no idea what's going to go on. But the sooner you learn just to not give a fuck, like the better the show is. Yeah. So I'm going to try to do that, make it uh, a little bit less stressful on myself. Who needs that kind of stress? As we all know, stress is very bad for Jay. Jay doesn't want any stress. Jay's going to let all the stress go right now. (sighs) Oh, now I feel great, but I've got absolutely nothing to talk about, which is stressful. So so the cycle continues, really. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, Do I get anything else on my topics or are we going to have to wing it for the last 10 minutes or so? Uh, do, 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 yeah, that was it. Uh, that was pretty much all my topics. Let's see what the good old Yahoo news has for us. Oh, well, apparently the, you know, about the, uh, David down the retired police chief that was working as a security guard or something like that, that got shot. Uh, well, apparently they, they did catch the uh, person that did it. There's murder charges, uh, involved with that now. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yes. Find yep. people that fuck up other people. And yep. a little bit happier news or just odd news. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that the U.S. military um, could end up losing out on the trademark to Space Force? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Steve Carroll, uh, the company that uh, put that out, uh, trademarked it first. Well, they didn't even do it. The production company didn't. Netflix apparently is is like applying for it in a bunch of countries and shit like that. Since they right, were right. really kind of out there first, which is hilarious. If Trump yeah. loses the trademark to Space Force to a fucking parody Netflix show, yeah, damn, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's the one that Steve Carroll's doing. That's what that's what I meant. Yeah, and that's just. I wonder if there's any uh, eminent domain or stuff like that. I wonder if there's. I wonder if there's anything the uh, U.S. can government can do legally speaking about that, or if they're just just fucked for being too slow. Yeah, they're probably fucked for being too slow. <laughs> that is pretty funny well the space force is kind of a stupid name for it anyways really they can come come up with something a little bit better than that right although it was great in one of their first like uh god what was it i don't know if it was like an installation at like a, a government building or whatever but it was something documenting the space force and someone uh taped up Corell's picture over like the general's face <laughs> That's <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, are you a Steve Carroll fan? Steve Carell? Carell, that's what I said. It, not even. Yeah. I think he's funny in some stuff he does. Like, I never really got into The Office. Like, I've seen, obviously, several episodes. I think everyone on Earth has at this point. But uh, <laughs> you haven't seen any episodes of The, not, of the not Office? Not a single one. For some reason or another, the the bits and pieces and clips I saw didn't really uh, hit my sense of humor. Uh, from what I understand, it's one of the best shows but ever yeah, made. You watch but... the fucking DC fucking movies? Goddamn. <laughs> well, yeah, the DC the movies are, are like a different universally thing. loved. The DC movies are steamy universally shit hated. on fire. <laughs> I didn't say I liked the DC movies. All I said was that there was parts in them that weren't too bad. I watch a lot of stuff with my wife that I it's wouldn't like watch. It's like walking on my own. up to a dude and asking, like, have you ever gotten your dick sucked? And they're like, no, but. I've had women punch me really hard in the balls and it wasn't enjoyable at all, but I keep doing it. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's a fair analogy at all. I had to pick up. I think it's dog. the same goddamn thing. Watching oh. DC movies is like getting punched in the balls. 
repeatedly. <laughs> that reminds me of the joke uh, about the uh, about uh, being kicked in the balls and being pregnant. Uh, a guy says being kicked in the balls is way worse than being pregnant. And, pe- and women are like, what? How could you say something like that? Well, that's easy because you guys will have a kid. And then like a year or two later, you'll talk about wanting to have another kid. No guy's ever been kicked in the nuts and decided that a year or two later that he'd like to be kicked in the nuts again. That's a fair point. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, let's see. Let's go back on over to Yahoo, our source for everything. Uh, do, 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 do. I'm trying to find something that's not going to be about uh, uh, politics or the protests or anything like that. Um, there was a man that uh, stuck his cell phone charger cord up his dick and oh ended my. up getting stuck in his bladder. It is. Um, okay, first off, I, I, I applaud his uh, determination that obviously that took uh, quite a while and was quite the task. So uh, good for him. Uh, but Jesus Christ, man, what were you going for, dude? I mean, at, at one point, was he going to plug it in? I mean, <laughs> I, I, at what, how, how much, how, how many inches go in before you start to think that this might be a bad idea? So they actually did an interview with him and he did kind of go into the entire thing. And so you got to be ready for this. It was actually, so there was a night and it was supposed to be a date night with his wife and he fucking really did not want to go. So she really wanted to see this DC movie, and all he had was a phone charger. One thing led to another, ended up in his bladder, but at least he didn't have to watch Superman. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I've uh, heard so many stories over the years uh, about weird shit at emergency rooms. Uh, one of the radio shows I used to listen to back in the day, Drew and Mike, uh, used to do like segments on a, on a regular you know, basically, it would, the show, I think the segment was called uh, What's in Their Butt? Because uh, there's story after story about, after story about people coming in with things shoved up their ass that they shouldn't have put up there. Yeah, fucking people are goddamn weird. Oh, yeah. Although when you think about it, like, that's the one thing that ever struck out, uh, stuck out to me from uh, Jackass. Do you remember Steve-O, the one thing he remembers as being like the worst thing he ever done, did was when they were going to have him stick that toy car up his ass. <laughs> and he even took the time to like talk to his parents about it. And of <laughs> course, their response was the classic, like, we would just be really disappointed in you. <laughs> That's funny. And we've he seen wasn't... everything that Steve-O has done. And that was the line. Right. He didn't end up doing it, did he? I think uh, like that Ryan Dunn or whatever his name was, wasn't he the guy that ended up actually doing it? Yeah, he yeah, Steve-O backed out because like he he got that response of the no, we would be really disappointed in you like as a person. <laughs> as, in a person as a person. Man, that's got to be rough to have your parents say something like that to you, especially after all the other stuff that you've done. Um <clears throat> although I will say Steve-O seemed to be one of the more sensible ones. He still did some really crazy fucked up shit, but um, he seemed to be a little more selective about putting himself in the danger than some of the other ones. Yeah, I don't know about that. He did some super crazy shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they all did. And, and I've I've watched, uh, I think, two or three of the Jackass movies. Uh, I always skip, uh, skip through their parts because I'm not interested in the... Uh, sections where they're fucking with the public you know like uh, when they dress up in old suits and do crazy shit and try to you know freak out people on the street um that never really appealed to me but the stunts where they're hurting themselves uh those are always great (laughs) so it i actually used jackass for a project in college for the year the one year i went um and i don't remember what class it was but it was a group thing that we decided we were going to test out the less than lethal police things. <laughs> kind of like they did on Jackass. Yeah, I remember that one. Holy fuck, that was not fun. Like, pepper <laughs> spray is not like that bad. Taser, like, again, really sucks, but it's not like that bad. But those fucking like shotgun bean bags. 
Holy fuck. Not fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I imagine that left a pretty good bruise, huh? I was bruised for, I think, the better part of three weeks. <laughs> yeah, they've done some crazy things. And then it's always funny to see what scares them, since obviously lots of things don't. Like Bam being scared of snakes will always uh, crack me up quite a bit. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of snakes. I, I can't say I'm a fan when uh, I had a big uh, gardener snake in my uh, yard the other day. I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the show or not that he was eating a frog. Um, now, I used a rake to pick him up. I mean, I know he's a gardener snake and with a frog in his mouth, so he's double not going to be able to hurt me. But I still didn't want to associate too much with him. He was pretty big for a gardener snake. He's about two and a half uh, feet long. Uh, and, and yeah, big but enough those, to like, frog. you literally have nothing to worry about. Like, they no, cannot uh, do any harm to you as a human. No, no, not even a little bit. I, but I just still didn't want to handle it. Um, so I guess I like hiking in Arizona or New Mexico or something and you hear a rattle. Right. Then goddamn. Oh yeah. Well, and that's what, that's the other reason I wasn't worried because the Michigan rattlesnake, I might not be called the Michigan rattlesnake, but the rattlesnake is the only venomous, uh, snake indigenous, uh, to Michigan. So uh, I could tell right away that I didn't have anything to worry about because it wasn't making any sound. Yeah, that's a good way to think of it. Yeah, I'm, but I have messed with that before. Uh, as I've mentioned before on the show, I used to work for the Michigan Humane Society as their rescue driver, uh, which meant I went after all kinds of different wildlife and all kinds of different situations. So on two separate occasions, I went and picked up rattlesnakes, uh, which is really disconcerting, but they were they were really, really small. Both, uh, both times I picked one up, they were like a foot, maybe a foot and a half. They barely had rattles on. They, they were like immature snakes. I don't think I've ever seen a full-grown rattlesnake in Michigan before. Uh, so I'm assuming because of how small they were, even if I had gotten bitten, the it wouldn't have been super dangerous. Uh, but I didn't want to risk that, so uh, picking them up and putting them in like a cage and taking them away was fun. Yeah, for as little as you were probably making at that job, I think I would have been like, no, nah, I'm just going to peace out on this one. I believe it was $6 an hour. Uh, but that was like back in like 1991 or 92 or 93, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Six bucks an hour to deal with fucking rattlesnake. Yeah. I'll pass. Oh dude. I dealt with way more than that. Uh, I, I did everything from help, uh, turtles cross the road to climb up trees with a knife type, uh, taped to a, uh, a pool skimmer to try to cut the uh, kite string of a bird that was caught in a tree. Um, I've caught and I've captured a 14 foot Burmese Python on someone's front yard. Uh, that one was fun too. Uh, the, a 14 foot Burmese Python weighs a fuck ton. It was hard as fuck to move that fucker. Um, and all kinds of different stuff. I wouldn't, I went in st uh, storm grates after baby ducks. Uh, I've helped the wildlife, uh, assist the wildlife manager and the veterinarian catch deer, which is not an easy thing to do, by the way. <laughs> uh, I, I'll be honest with you, way more often we kill the deer than before than we catch it. Uh, cause, uh, deer are very high strung. It's really, really hard to give them the proper amount of tranquilizer, uh, without killing them. They tend to like run, 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 die. Uh, so if you're good at it, you can hit them and then wait a little while for them to calm down and, uh, and, you know, actually be sedated. But if you don't have the very precise thing, they'll just keep on running. Uh, and then you'll have to hit them again. And, and every time you do that, you take a lot higher chance of OD in the deer. So uh, while we were good at it, every once in a while, we ended up with a dead deer. Uh, there was not much we could do about it. Yeah, like deer die. That's a thing. There's a reason yeah. we hunt them. Because if we don't population control them sons of bitches, they overrun everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a huge problem. Uh Oakland County here in, in Michigan has one of the highest uh, deer car deer car accident ratios in the entire country. They're fucking everywhere. I routinely see somewhere anywhere between three and fifteen deer in my backyard. Uh, and, I, and as you guys know, I don't live in the boonies. <laughs> I live in the suburbs, so we actually it's actually a pretty big problem. And that's why the Humane Society got called out on the regular because it you know like a deer would get caught in someone's like backyard and they had six foot fences. The, the deer was able to leap in, but wasn't able to get a, a figure out how to get out. Now we got to try to figure out how to get the deer out of there. Just stupid shit like that. You guys not have enough hunting going on there? Like what's well, going yes, on with that? Well, uh, there's no hunting allowed in Oakland County. Um, it's not considered a, a, a appropriate place to do deer hunting. 
uh, or possibly it may be up in northern Oakland County, but not in like there's no there's no hunting allowed in any of the cities in my immediate area. Uh, there and as there as there shouldn't be really, it's too overrun. Basically, I have 14 deer living in like a little tiny patch of woods behind my house. Um, like there'd be no way to to realistically hunt them safely. No, I need to figure something out because otherwise they just overpopulate and then. You basically end up hunting them with cars and, and just ruins a bunch of fucking cars. Right. And well, and what they try to do occasionally is call them, uh, in like the state parks and stuff like that, uh, where areas where there's a little, a little more, a little safer to shoot them, so to speak. Um, but that's about all they can do. Like in my area, they couldn't shoot them. Uh, there's, if you miss your shot, you get going into somebody's house. <sighs> yeah. Just yep. be a better shot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think that probably about it for the show today. Uh, I want to thank the OG Army for showing up. Uh, we do the show for you guys. I want to thank absolutely fucking nobody for calling in. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, I want to thank my co-host, Big Dalton. We can't do the show. I couldn't do the show without you either, dude. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's probably more your show than my show at this point. <laughs> you do more. You do more for it. Well, I am the fucking pretty one. God damn it. <laughs> There you go. You got anything, Big Dalton? Yeah, got two things. Uh, as usual, number one, I just want to reinforce the fact that you can't fucking have Looney Tunes without Elmer Fudd with a fucking gun. Yet you still have fucking bombs. What is wrong with you goddamn idiots? <laughs> what else you got? Oh, number two? Fuck all y'all. You guys all have a great night. We'll see everybody tomorrow at 6. Bye. Screw you, hippie!